I invite you to open up your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. And if you're a guest here today, we're, um, we're, we're studying the book of John. It's 1 John. It's not an easy book to go through. Uh, he is very black or white, kind of a, there's no in between, there's no gray. Um, and so we're going to see that today, which is an interesting passage of Scripture. I hope it actually encourages your heart. It's, it's an amazing thing to think through what we're going to see here in a moment. But um, I don't know if you've ever had to take a paternity test. Uh, I hope you didn't have to, but there's some that, that do. We had a lady uh, in the church in Argentina whose son, um, girlfriend, it sounds like a, but you know, a lady in the church of Argentina whose son's girlfriend, um, had a baby. And, um, and, uh, the, um, the son said it's not his. And so she comes and asks for counsel. And I'll never forget it. She came to our house and she's at the table and she is weeping. I mean, there's tears coming down and she's upset and she's, she just cannot believe that this guy would not believe her. And she's like, I just, I don't understand it. And she's weeping and everything. And, and Katie's sitting there listening and, and, and I'm sitting there, you know, the, the skeptical person that I am, I'm thinking something's so, whole, you know, as I, I just said, well, why don't you just take the paternity test? Just give the kid. And uh, why don't you just do it? He wants a paternity. Just do it. He'll do the paternity. Just have him do it. You have nothing to hide. <laughs> Her face changed. You mean I need to? Go, yeah, go do it. You got nothing. I mean, there's, let him do it. Nothing to hide, don't you? Nothing wrong. Well, guess what? The son wasn't his. And I remember the, the mother coming, and, and, and Katie's reminded me of this. She came and she says, I don't have a grandson anymore. Because apparently that was supposed to be her son's child. And it wasn't her son's child. Um, interesting enough. Although she was crying and weeping and saying it had to be his. It really wasn't his. I, I wonder how many people in this world, when they see Christ, are going to be crying and weeping and saying, I thought I was yours when they really weren't. And we don't have paternity tests here. We don't have Christian swabs, you know, that we could just swab your mouth and see whether or not you're a believer and then swab if you're not. And, you know, that would be fun, but we don't, we don't have that here. But what we do have is very strong passages of Scripture that are going to help us understand, and if I could say it in a nice way, who's your daddy? Who is your daddy? You say, how do you, how do you get that? Well, well, notice here as we look at 1 John chapter 3 verse 8, he's gonna, he's gonna first talk about how the, the devil can be someone's daddy. And, and, and people say, we're all God's children. Well, that's not true. There's some that the devil is their daddy. And you say, well, how do you know whether or not the devil is their daddy? Well, well, look at this in verse 8. Look at this in 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. It says this. It says, the one who practices sin is who? Of the devil. Now, now, interesting here, we, we've studied this last week. It's not somebody who sins once in a while. We all sin. We all fall into sin. 
We all, we all make our mistakes. We all, we all sin. It's not talking about sinning here and sinning there. It's talking about a lifestyle. It's talking about a habitual sin. It's talking about a sin that you don't feel sorry about, that you just live in, that you can care less. It's a continual pattern of sin that just doesn't bother you. It says here, that person that lives in habitual, deliberate, willful sin without remorse is of who? The devil. Now, interesting, it doesn't say born of the devil. It says is of the devil because the devil doesn't give life to anyone. The devil just destroys lives, as we're going to see here in a moment. But the one who practices sin is of the devil. Now, I want to show you a passage here that, that helps us understand what sins he's talking about here. Notice this in, in John chapter 8, verse 44. Watch what Jesus says. Can you imagine this? He looks at the religious leaders of the day and he says to them, You are of your father the devil. Now, I've never said that to anybody. Um, you know, you may, sometimes when your kids are acting a little bad, you may call them a devil. Yeah, hey, you little devil. You know, you know hey, you little devil. You know, but, but that's different than this. He looks at him and says, you are of your father the devil. Wow, that's powerful words. And these are religious people. And here's what he says why they are. Because you want to do the, don't miss this. You want to do the desires of who? Your father. So there is the desire not to accept Jesus Christ, not to believe who the Son of God is, to reject His authority. That's what the religious leaders were doing. They were rejecting the person of Jesus Christ. They were rejecting His authority, rejecting who He was. And they're saying, you want to do these desires of your Father. And let me just tell you what the devil is. He's a murderer from when? From the very beginning. He is the one that went to Adam and Eve after his pride in heaven saying, I'll be like the most high and God, and God humbled him after that. And, and, and all of a sudden he goes to Adam and Eve later on and he goes to Adam and Eve. And what does he do? He, he, he lies to them and he twists God's truth and he causes them to, to try to think about, did God really say that or not and doubt the word of God? He instigated it. And what happened the moment they sinned? They died spiritually, spiritually. And then, here's what's interesting. That later on carried on in Cain and Abel. What happened there? There was murder, and there's been murder ever since. From the devil. In fact, it's amazing how that hasn't stopped. We had a, we had a couple in the church in Iowa one time say, Hey, we're going up to Minnesota. My, my father died. Um, we're going to see what happened. They went up. They did an investigation. It was the mother that killed the father. It hasn't stopped yet. He's a murderer from the beginning. He's continuing on to this day. And he's saying here, he's a murderer. And watch this. This is amazing. Look at this. He was a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in the truth because there is no what? Truth in him. He hates the truth. He loves cell phones, but he hates the truth. <laughs> All right. That's my song. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> Maybe it's him. Who knows? <laughs> Hates it. You know, this week alone, I had to block four people off our Facebook page, in, in our church page, Facebook page. They hate the truth. They could say all kinds of things on there. Isn't that amazing? They can come on our Facebook page and say anything they want. We can't go on theirs. 
Where they one put six 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 up there, you know, at the devil. One one put weirdos. You're weirdos. One said you're you're brainwashing your children. And then he challenged us. Boy, I'm telling you, there's times in the flesh you just want to come back and say, "Hey, sir, why don't you meet me in a parking lot?" <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that by myself. I need help. But you know, they knock me out. Oh, there's times you want to come back, but it's so nice you can hit that little block. They hate truth. They don't want truth. In fact, notice what it says in verse 44. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He is the one that does not tell the truth. So watch, watch what this is saying here. It's saying the one who practices sin is of the devil. They want to do the desires of the devil. They don't want Jesus to rule over their lives. They don't want truth to rule over their lives. They want lies to rule over them. They want to destroy lives. They, they want the desires of the devil. And he's done this from the very beginning. And he's doing it now. People are lying now. They continue to lie. Turn on the news. A lot of lies. Read the paper. There's lies. Talk to people. There's lies. Hang out. He, he loves it. He's been doing it from the beginning. And people want that. So, so you say, so the person that lives that, that rejects who Jesus is, the person who rejects his, his rule and authority over their lives, that are living a lie, guess what? They're of the devil. Their daddy's the devil. You say, wait a minute, is there any hope for us? Look at this in verse 8. This is amazing. The Son of God has appeared for this very purpose. He knows that there are people living lies. He, he knows that there's people whose lives are destroyed because of the lies that they're believing. He, he knows what's going on here. So, so, do, so why did the Son of Man come? Look at this in verse 8. He gives us some hope here before he goes on to the next one. The Son of God appeared for this very purpose. Why? To destroy the works of the devil. Here it is. Watch this. The one who practices sin, for, for, the, for the devil has sinned from the beginning, but the Son of Man has appeared for this purpose to destroy. I love that word destroy. It means to render powerless. It means to unglue what causes things to stick together. You ever get those things that you put on your dashboard for your phones and the glue comes off and you put your phone on and what happens? And you're like, all right, I'll fix this. You spit all over the place and you, I'm going to make this thing work. And guess what? The glue is gone. It won't stick again. Jesus came to, to die that the devil's works don't stick anymore. And once they're going to be eradicated, we're going to see here in a moment. You say, what works of the devil? Well, well, there's many works here. We could talk here all day, but, but let, me just, let me just categorize them into three different things. The works of deception. This is theological deception. This is people who tell you, you know what? Jesus isn't God. And Jesus didn't come and die for your sin. Or Jesus is a myth. He wasn't a historical Jesus. Or Jesus never really existed. Or Jesus, all these things. The, 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 the works of deception, he came and he unglued them. We now can believe that Jesus is real. We now can believe he is God. We now can believe that he came and he died for our sins, was buried and he rose again. The works of deception. Notice what else? The works of defiance. The people that shake their fist at God and his authority. 
Praise God that when Jesus came, he unglued that. That we don't have to shake our fists. We can submit to God. We can live for God. We can let him be our king. Watch this. The works of destruction. You know what he does? He tries to destroy lives. And you know what he uses? You want to know his mass weapon of destruction? Are you ready for this? Fear. Look at what happened during COVID. Fear paralyzed people. They were scared to move out of their homes. Scared to go to a supermarket. Scared to, to walk down in the, in, in, in the streets or scared people outside in plain air. Nobody around. Scared to death that something's going to happen. All it takes is fear to paralyze us. But I'm here to tell you something. This is amazing. Watch what Jesus did. Look at this. He came in Colossians 1.13. It says he rescued us from the domain of darkness. We are no longer under that bondage. You say, what bondage? Is he transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. We're no longer under that bondage of deception. No longer under that bondage of defiance or that bondage of destruction. We're no longer under that. You know why? Because look at this in 2.14. It says, therefore, since he shared in flesh and blood, he likewise also partook of the same that through his death, here it is, he might render powerless him who had the power of what? Death. Here's what it's saying. Even though death may touch us, death has lost its sting because of Jesus. And we have no reason to fear death. If you're worried about what's going to happen after life, you need to accept Jesus. You need to understand where you're going to go. Because he came and part of the reason why he came is to destroy the one who's trying to scare us. Oh, miss this. And those that continue to practice in sin and live in sin and live in that fear and live in that continue. Look what he says here. They're the ones that, that, that are of the devil. Now, how do we know that God's our daddy? Well, look at verse nine here. This is amazing here. Verse nine. It says no one who is now don't miss this. This is amazing. Born of God practices sin. Now, he's talking about the new birth. He's not talking about a new leaf. Now, there's a difference. Right? Cameron over here, he's, he's on a diet. Guy's lost 20 pounds. He's looking great. You know, I praise the Lord for you. You, you turned over a new leaf. All right? I like that. Uh, <laughs> you're still going to die one day. But a new leaf, huh? <laughs> That's not new life. Don't miss this. That's new leaf. New life is when we are born of God. Now he has that too, praise God. But new life is when the life of Christ, as we're going to see in a moment, when his seed comes in. We're talking about a new birth when we're in Jesus Christ. He's saying those who are born of God, those who have a new life, don't continue in sin. In fact, watch this. Because his seed abides in him. Now, this is amazing. This is incredible. The word there is very graphic in the Greek. I won't even give the word there because it's very graphic word for seed. But let me just tell you what, it, what it's saying there. there. There's four options. People say, okay, well, that's the word of God living in us. 
And so the word of God's the seed, because in other parts of the Bible we see the seed, the word of God. And they're not too far off with that one. And then, and then other people say, well, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is, is the seed that comes and lives inside of us. And so now, now we're a new birth and we have the Holy Spirit. Well, that's true. We do have the Holy Spirit inside of us. When other people say, well, you know what? I can't make up my mind. So it's the word of God and the Holy Spirit. So we'll make it both of them. And then, and, but, but the third, but the fourth one is probably the real one here. What is his seed? It's talking about the very divine nature of God. The new nature that he gives us the moment we get saved. That new bent that comes inside, that new life that comes inside of us. Watch this. This is amazing here. Don't miss this. In 2 Peter 1.4, it says this. For, for by this he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises Magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of what? The divine nature. Now don't miss this. The divine nature. What is inside of us? The divine nature. His seed. The new birth. The new life. The new bent inside of us to live for God. Now watch this. 1 John 3, 9. Because his seed abides in him, guess what? He cannot sin. Uh-oh. Wait a minute here. Can you sin? Can I sin? You better believe it. We can all sin, right? So we know it's not saying you can never sin. Here's what it's saying. Because that new bent is inside, now you have a new life. You have divine life inside of you. And now you have this, impo this, this internal thing inside of you that causes you to want to live for holiness. We cannot live in sin. Here's what it's saying. We can get angry. Oh yeah, we'll get angry. But guess what? Living in anger and continue unforgiveness just can't. Because God's there. In fact, one person said this way. <laughs> I love this. He said, you know what? I have a hard time with security of salvation because if I really believe in security of salvation, then I'll go out and do whatever I want. You know what somebody said? Oh, you're right. But guess what? Your wanter has been changed. <laughs> now you're going to want to do the things that God wants. Why? Because his seed is in you. Don't miss this. This is amazing. I can't. I, I, I may get mad at somebody. I, I, I do. And, and you know, and I, I want to just rip their head off and, and say this and whatever it is. But I just can't stay there. Why? Because the seed is there. That's what he's saying here. It may cause you, but you can't live in it. Why? Because God is in there. Now, now don't miss this. This is, this is amazing here because there's different views of how we grow in holiness and, and people have these different views out there and you read different books. Which describes the best way of your pursuit of holiness? Watch this. Some people believe this. I get saved, right? God saves me. Then it's all me afterwards. I'm saved by faith. Then I better get on my horse and I better start doing the things that please God. And it's all about me, human responsibility. All me, 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 me. I got to do it all. God saved me. Praise God. I'm saved by grace. I'm saved by faith. But you know what? It's all me after that. Well, we know that's not biblical. Some people say this. God, not me. I just let go and let God. He does it all. Watch out with that one. Because you know why? I look at a lot of commands in the Bible and the commands aren't the God that are us. 
So just say, I'm just letting go and letting God. As one person was telling me when they were looking for a job, he said, God has my cell phone number. <laughs> I just let go and let God. He knows my cell phone. He does it all. It's all God. We know that's not biblical. So some people try to, you know, let's bring this in between us. All right, so, so God plus me. I'll just work with God. God does his part. I do my part. And we just work together as a happy family. I got God doing what he's doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. No, it's not that way either. Here it is. You ready for this? Change that little word in between there. God in me. His seed in me is what makes all the difference. His change in me. My wanter changed. My life changed. Because God is in me. Watch this. Look what Paul says. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, notice this here. He toward me, literally in the Greek, in me. His grace in me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. You know, I so many people, and it's amazing how they're, they're, we're failing and we're, we're, we're putting so much pressure on other people because we're saying, you got to do this and you got to do, you know what I mean? And just pray like it's all from God and live like it's none from God. No, live like God is in you. Depend upon God's power inside of you. Understand this, we have all the grace inside of us to do all that God wants us to do. In fact, here's what's amazing about God. He not only comes into our lives, and here's the two excuses we use. This is amazing. We use this. God wants us to go witness. God wants us to, to, to do different things. So here's what we say. I can't. I wish I could, but I just can't. And then we say this. I don't want to. I, I just don't want to go share Jesus. I don't want to go talk to I don't want I can't and I don't want you know what God says? It is God who works in you both to, to will, to want it, and to do it. It's God in you. It's the seed in you. It's that new nature that we have because we're born of God. And because of that, guess what it says here? We can't. We can't live in that habitual, deliberate sin. We just can't. Why? Because we're born of God. You see the difference? There's many who are trying to do it and they just fall up short. You know why? Because there's no life in them. You're speaking to a dead person. And you're telling them, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. And you kind of like you're banging your head against the wall. But there's no life. There's no God inside of them. And so you're, you're trying and you're, you're encouraging and lift your chin up and you give them all these things, but there's no God there. But let me tell you something, when God's there, wow, what a difference. And that, that bent, that, that water's been changed and, and all of a sudden God is now living through them and it's amazing what God does then. He says, you want to know? God is your daddy. The one who has the birth, the seed inside of him. The one that is living God in me is born of God. Now, now watch this. 
You want the paternity test? Here, we're going to take it right here. Verse 10. I love this. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are what? Obvious. Well, I was so excited. I studied that word obvious out, you know. I was like, wow, you know what that word obvious means? This is amazing. I went into the Greek. I studied it out. Guess what obvious means? Are you ready? Obvious means, guess what? Obvious. Obvious. <laughs> you want to see something obvious here? This is not, oh, I wonder if this is true, if this is a child of God and this is a child of them. You want, here, here it is. This is obvious. Here it is. Right here. This is the test. This is the paternity test. We'll sum it all up in this very verse. Here it is. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is what? Not of God. Jeremy, that's not fair. Because I know so-and-so made a profession of faith when he was three years old, and now they don't want nothing to do with God and they don't live for God, but I believe they're going to have... That's just not fair. Well, the Bible says it as it is. And let me say this. And this is to search all our hearts. When he's talking about practice righteousness, he's talking about becoming more and more like Christ. And if that isn't happening in our lives, something is definitely wrong. He doesn't give any leeway here. This means there ought to be more love in our lives since Jesus is there. There ought to be more joy. Can I say that for a moment? There's some who profess Christ are the most miserable people I've ever been around. They're just miserable people. And I'm not saying that we fake it. Oh, I got so much joy today. <laughs> joy has nothing to do with our circumstances. Joy has to do with our Savior. And if there's not more, if there's joy not flowing out of us because our Savior is there, something is wrong. Let me give you a few more. How about peace? This assurance of knowing that God's in control. This is, this is stuff we cannot produce by ourselves. God must be there in us. How about patience? This long fuse with other people. Our fuse ought to be getting longer with people. It seems like the older I get, the shorter it gets, right? <laughs> The more I want to rip their heads off. It ought to be getting longer. Because Christ is there. Kindness. Acts of kindness to the to people around us ought to be getting longer. Ought to be getting better. Goodness there. Faithfulness there. Gentleness there. Self-control there. There, there. there is a life that is being changed because the seed is there. And although some people want to go back, they can't. Why? Because the seed is there. Well, I know another test. This is a strong one. Wow. <laughs> Nor does one who does not love his brother. Now, now, now watch out with this because this is not talking about your blood brother. Although I do love him and I'm thankful. I got a, I got a brother. Um, he looks like Bert from Bert and Ernie. He's got one thick eyebrow. Amen. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you would never know he's my brother. But, you know, he's a, I got a brother. I, I, I praise God for my brother. He... He, after the hurricane, they got hit by the hurricane. So he, he has a thrift store and he opened it up to help people. And, and he wants to, to show kindness and love to people. I mean, that's admirable of him. I, I, I thank the Lord for that. But that's not what the pastor is saying. It's not saying that we, that we just show love and kindness to the people in the world. It's talking about love God's children. 
And if there's not an increasing love for those that are in the church, and not just this church, the universal church, something is wrong. But people say, I can accept Christ, and who cares less about God's children? Uh, the seed will make you care. Because it's there. You want to know a paternity? There it is. This is how we tell the children of God and the children of the, the people who allow God to rule their lives and allow God to work through them and more and more of these fruits of the Spirit are coming out of their life. That's a child of God. And those people who have a concern for God's people, guess what? That's a child of God. But if it, there isn't that in your life or in somebody you know's life, I'm here to tell you something. Let's not sugarcoat this. This is obvious. They need Christ. And here's what's amazing. You have the message to give them. You have the good news. You can look at them and say, are you really worried about if you go outside, you're going to die? I'm here to tell you something. Jesus came to take away that fear because he conquered death on the cross. And death lost its sting. Well, you may die, but praise the Lord, death is not the end. Because Christ died for you. Do you really believe what this place is telling you about Jesus? It is not true in the Bible. I'm here to tell you, you know what? Jesus came to, 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 to tell you that, guess what? He is real. He is God. And he wants to be your God and your Savior. You see, the children of God... There's concern there because he's inside of us. And instead of living trapped by sin and continual pattern of sin, praise God that the seed allows us to live for him. And there's this bent inside of us, praise the Lord, this passion, this eternal, this, this internal thing inside of us saying, live for God, pursue holiness, live for him because it's God in me. Is that in you? If not, right now you can accept him. Let's uh, bow in prayer as we prepare for communion. And we ask ourselves, who's your daddy? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there, there, there are some passages of Scripture that are easier to preach than others. But I'm, I'm so thankful for this one because it is clear. And yet sometimes we don't make it clear. We make a lot of exceptions to this rule. But you don't, not in your word. And so Lord, I, I, first I want to thank you for sending your Son to come to destroy the works of the devil. Because there's a lot of people around us who are believing lies, who are living in fear, who reject your son, who don't want to submit their lives to him. And so, Lord, thank you that he came for that very purpose that all the rebellion that we're seeing now, all the lies that we're seeing now, all the destruction that we're seeing now, all the death that we're seeing now will one day be eradicated. 
because of the work of Jesus Christ. He already won. Lord, I pray for those who may feel that they're being trapped in sin right now. That God, that you would remind them that your seed is in them. That they don't have to live in that anger. They don't have to live in that worry. They don't have to live in that lust. They don't have to live in that lie, the things that the devil wants us to believe. That your seed is there. And because of that, now we can live for you. So help us to remember that, Lord, throughout this week. When worry comes to our minds, when anger, whatever it may be, that you are inside of us. And Father, I pray, Lord, maybe there's someone here today that just hasn't put their trust in Christ alone. That right now would be the moment that they would say, I, I, I believe that, that Jesus came and died for me. I believe that I'm a sinner and I've offended him. But I believe he paid for all my sins, past, present, and future. I believe that he rose again to conquer death. And I call upon him right now to come into my life and to save me. I want him to be my savior. If that's the desire of your heart, ask him. He will. He will save you. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. May it penetrate our hearts throughout this week, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. As the uh, children work their way up here,